Hey now. Hi. What's up, Spooky Squeezer? What's up, Spooky RK, buddy? It's not alliterative, though, when you say that. No. No, it's not. I think I know what you mean by that, but no, it's not. <laughs> uh, so uh, we are on our last Halloween show, Squeezer. This is it. I know. I'm going to miss the music. It came and went, and like, like so I quick. said this last week, I just haven't settled in uh, Halloween yet. Uh, you're welcome, why. Joe. Uh, we sent the pins. Run out of time. Halloween is in, well, we're recording this Wednesday night. It's 1047 Eastern Standard Time. Halloween and Daylight Savings Time will have, will be over uh, on Sunday. It'll be November huh. 1st, Squeezer. Wow. Yeah. We'll be in November. We'll be in the final two months of this hell hole of a year. Can you believe we started like quarantine back in the third month of the year, March? Yeah. Yeah. Then and we did how many shows? And and I, I hate to I hate to break it to everyone. I don't wanna be a, you know, wet blanket, even though, you know, sometimes wet blankets are useful. They put out fires and whatnot. But uh time in the sense that we understand it's man-made creation just to make life easier. So really shit's not going to change when that, you know, ticks away. So it's going to, January is going to be just as miserable as now, folks. Sorry. Well, January, but you have us, you have us January. to bring you levity. Yes. We'll probably be doing some sort of Super Bowl commercial show. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know. E-Rock's already watched Christmas Vacation three times. We're going to start shifting into that. We have, a, we have a handful of November shows to get through, brother. Oh, are we going to do a uh, some kind of Christmas movie watch along this year? Oh, yes. Uh, I can just look at the schedule. I've already got some uh, handsome Koi working on some artwork. Um, he's like... Part-time Radier's employee now. <laughs> the poor kid. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's um, uh, we got some cool things on the horizon, Mister Squeezer. Uh, for the Radier's Christmas shows. How many Christmas shows? I gotta do I start have working on it now. On the how many Christmas shows have we done? No, I mean I, we have we've done a plenty. If you want to go back in the archives. Oh. This is our fourth year of doing Christmas shows, kids. Yeah, I'm really going to be scraping the bottom of the barrel soon, huh? No, nah, I think you'll be all right. Next month is our uh, our four-year anniversary. I know. It'll be... Oh, it's, you know, two, what was it? The 16th, right? November 16th? Uh, I think so, yeah. So we'll be 16, doing... Six, 11, uh, 16, 16, I think. On the on the 18th, we're doing a Radier show about our favorite, our top 10 favorite Radier's moments. It's a retrospective. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we got a Hulkamania show, brother. Everything Hulkamania next Wednesday. Then more Happy Meal shit the following Wednesday. Our four-year anniversary party on the 18th. And then the 25th, our annual Thanksgiving episode where we just talk about things we're thankful for. Then we have one, two, three, four 
four motherfucking Christmas shows. Uh, we've got December 2nd, Christmas songs from the past. More. That's part two. Um, Christmas movies, two on December 9th. December 16th, Christmas morning memory squeezer. Isn't this amazing? Yeah. Every No one listened to the previous episodes, okay? <laughs> I mean, sometimes you come to hear the hits. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Uh, I, uh, then, uh, uh, Wednesday night, the 23rd, the day before Christmas Eve, another watch along part two. We're going to, we're going to watch along with you guys. Christmas vacation yet again. <laughs> it's going to be a yearly tradition. That's what's coming. Uh, we even, I even have planned after the, hold on. What's, what's on the list after that? Then I've got, uh, December 30th, we're talking Y2K. Everything from the year 2000 and millennial memories. Remember when everything had 2000 behind it? It was coated in see-through Bondi blue plastic. And and the threat of a certain doom was imminent. Not much has (laughs) changed. No, no. I I want the Y2K bug to come back. Yeah, right. Like, computers just kind of going derp-da-der and, you know, just random nukes going off because of a uh, wrong zero. Um, and then I don't know, the, maybe the best thing out of, uh, maybe not the best thing out of it happened. Nothing happened. The best thing that could have happened was probably the nukes going off actually. But, uh, yeah, it was possibly the biggest letdown. How many people spent new year's in a bunker clutching a shotgun ready to go? There's a there's a funny I'll say I'll save the story for you. There's a funny story about that day, and, and a squirrel in a in a, um, a substation near our house. Oh, oh, that never ends well. Yeah, so I'll save that. That's a little teaser. <laughs> You'll want to tune in at the end of the year to hear me talk about how my brother thought the end of the world was happening. Um, so, and no, Iraq. I did not get the aircraft carrier for Christmas. He's lying. He that did. was Easter. That's when we just get the little toy. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. So I got some rad news, Squeezer, from the rad, oh, yeah? from the rad newsroom. 30 years after it first came to theaters, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live-action movie is set to get a re-release in the theaters three days next month. Nice. It'll have a three-day engagement in cinemas nationwide. Uh, from it's a Fathom event, and we all know Fathoms. November fifth through the seventh. So uh, next week. Are you going into a movie theater? Hell no! I will watch it <laughs> from the comfort of my living room. I usually I like to watch it around Thanksgiving. I didn't even realize it came out in November, but maybe that's why I watch it around Thanksgiving. It all started. I think what I'll do is. I'll, I'll I'll get it, I'll download it, and then I'll I'll dump it to beta, to an old beta tape, and then I'll watch it on my Betamax. We were out of we were That's past how I used to beta. We, were, we my dad stopped dubbing beta by 1990. We were just pure VHS house squeezer. Went with the winner. Oh, sorry. I I mean I had both, but I had access we to had more beta tape too. But we didn't. They weren't making any more new beta tapes at that point. VH- no, but I. Recordable VHS tapes were a plenty. 
Uh, maybe for you, but you get three hours. I on one have a bunch of old betas hours. laying around and just scotch taping those things. <laughs> you get six hours on a or six or three movies on a six hour long play tape. I think you can care about quality. I'm aware. Uh, I was, you know, and my grandfather when he was running his pirate ship down the basement, he had like three thousand movies or something like that. And like, yeah. it started off with beta, and then he had VHS. And when tapes were expensive too, because he would have like three movies on there. And then as they got cheaper, he's like, fuck this. We're going high quality here. Put yeah. on that SP mode. And... No, or even the 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 the, the one-hour mode, the yeah. super fancy <laughs> mode. No difference whatsoever. Um, no. So, yeah, that's November 5th through 7th. If you want to see the original Turtles movie in theaters. My uh, Thanksgiving tradition started it was a handful of years ago, like, we maybe seven or eight years ago, we were we normally always work. Well, I normally always work Thanksgiving Day, uh, doing football, and there was a huge uh, snowstorm, so they postponed the game until Saturday. And it was one of the first days I had off, and I had no plans because it was postponed that night, the night before. So I just made some Elio's pizza, uh, drank some Heineken, and watched the Ninja Turtles movie because it was on Netflix and. That kind of was my thing that year. And then I just did it a few more years because, oh, it's nice. Thanksgiving. I'll, um... yeah. Well, that's how trend, uh, traditions, uh... traditions start. are born. Yeah. Tradition. Uh, also, you might have been seeing a, a lot of, uh, there's more like get out the vote stuff this year than ever before an election year, I feel. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just because it's so for you every four years you forget how bad it was four years ago no no this year is definitely over it's in the fucking bug try yeah. to watch the world series i mean i don't know i didn't i mean i, I did it was on it, in the background i was watched in, game five it was in the football right bug. It, was, it was in the football bug too this weekend yeah they're just constantly putting in there. i'm like i get it i'll i'll get there i'll do it i mean i did but i'll get there so you might have been seeing uh, tons of hocus pocus stirring, not the free form playing it every three seconds, but uh, the uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, Bette Midler, and Kathy uh, Najimy uh, got together um, to uh, to do a uh, get a vote thing, and I guess they're doing some sort of they're putting their original outfits on. They're doing some sort of virtual reunion and doug jones did a teaser on his twitter he put the he got you didn't made expect up. to see me in this makeup again did you but it, look i'm with my original makeup artist tony gardner he's in the billy butcherson makeup um so he i guess they're doing some sort of reunion and they're already planning a disney plus sequel with the original cast and i saw them in the thing bet midler's old but she still looks like uh good for an older lady yeah right um, so I guess they're doing the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade virtually. How the hell does that work? I really... I mean, what, what, all right, so, what, the, the whole virtual thing, like, doesn't... It's we, just, we had this argument with other people. Right, it's just the term they're now using. Yes, it's... It's, it's on TV, but it's always been on TV, so I don't yes. understand it. <laughs> But they're not, I like, guess, did you know, it, they're not, they're smart enough to not, I'm looking, they're not calling it that. They're just saying it's going to be different. We're reinventing the way we do it. Uh, but Tom and Jerry will have a float because I guess they have a new uh, movie, a live action type movie. 
Alan uh, Garfield coming, yeah. Uh, they're never, they're never going to be able to bridge that uncanny valley when it comes to that. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, and this is, you know, uh, I really don't know what they're going to do, but I'll, I'll watch. I like the, I like the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wonder Woman eighty four probably will never get a release date. <laughs> They're talking about moving it again. Um, the movie I want to see uh, so bad. Bond's probably going to be coming out streaming the way it's looking. Yeah, it looks like it's going to Apple. Yeah. Fuck. You you get that and John Stewart, you son of a bitch. <laughs> um. So, Z- Z- Zack Snyder, uh, Ray Porter, who provides the voice of Darkseid in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, so, I guess... Darkseid is 100% in the new Zack Snyder Justice League cut, which to call it a cut when they're just basically remaking a new movie. (laughs) It's weird. (laughs) Yeah. So he's advocating for uh, David Ayer's cut of Suicide Squad to be released on HBO Max. And now uh, he's advocating for Sam Raimi to make a fourth Spider-Man film and bring back Tobey Maguire as an older, wiser Peter Parker. Uh, why not? Uh, Sam Raimi is doing, um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Why not just do it there? Have Spider Man and Doctor and we'll have the Tobey Maguire Spider Man oh, yeah. from that universe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can do that. Yeah, because the first movie was good, the second movie was great, the third movie was fucking awful, and even Sam Raimi himself said he thinks he self sabotaged because he didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> Um, thing is, I, I just read something on, I, I will just regurgitate, regurgitating information on the rad years that it, it's not that HBO is doing this because they think they're going to make money off these projects. It's that they just want to keep Zack Snyder happy to have him continue work for them. Why, so though? it's kind of like here you can here go and play with this because we want you. No, that's basically... not that's not it at all. I don't think that's it at all. Uh, Who said that? Oh, some guy that wrote the article. Don't look. Don't yell at me. No, no I'm just. What are the, the segment's called regurgitating information we read somewhere else on the rad years. Right. It was clearly so. There was a lot of traction and a lot of internet buzz. So some dumb suit was like, oh. Let's throw a couple million dollars at this, and it could be a buzz for HBO Max. And then Zach... it's, it's good. It's a marketing ploy. So, uh, so it, it's, it looks good on billboards, right? And then they said we're doing it, and then Zack Snyder's like, "Okay, but I'm gonna need seventy million dollars to do it because I really yeah, don't have yeah. a cut." Sixty-five uh, million dollars later, <laughs> right? And um, yeah, so that's what I think it was. I don't think I don't think they give a shit about Zack Snyder coming back to the fold. Quite frankly. You got $5 million, just rearrange some shit on the timeline and make the people happy. Right. If they really wanted Zack Snyder that bad, wouldn't they give him another movie? Instead, they just get, let him re-fucking shoot the movie he already did? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah by the time that, they're done, it's probably going to cost just the same. Whoever wrote that was wrong. Uh-huh. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just making accusations on the rad years. That's not a fun segment now, is it? That's <laughs> all we do. Uh... And uh, to Joe, your question, uh, it's not a weird question. Do you wear pajamas during the recording of these podcasts? No, I do not. Pajamas are weird. Yeah, I don't own pajamas. Uh, I, I mean, I have a couple pair of, like, fleece 
pants with like either Batman or Stormtroopers on them, uh, the Star Wars kind, not the bad kind. Mm. And um, yeah, no, I don't pajama. I'm not a fan of pajamas in any way whatsoever because. If you are, if there is a fire and you need to get out of your home, or there's an emergency, you need to get out of your home. I would prefer to be ha- to have jeans on and ready to go. So no, I sleep in jeans, <laughs> and I do the podcast in jeans most of the time. I I just sleep in my clothes from that day because I end up either on the couch or on the floor. Mm. Rarely do I end up in bed. I uh, so, so quickly to answer Joe's question. Yes, uh, I as a kid growing up. Well, actually, yes, I'm wearing my pajamas. <laughs> I'm wearing jeans and a t-shirt. Right. Uh, as a kid growing up, I did watch the Rocky franchise was always on, uh, at Thanksgiving and it traditionally came out during Thanksgiving. So for me, that was a, that's always a Thanksgiving, uh, franchise. And, uh, for the, the, uh, pajama question, I usually, I, I have tons of long sleeve tees. I'm in a long sleeve Vans t-shirt right now and, um, basketball shorts, but I have, I just bought a pair of Hulkamania track pants from, um, Chalkline that are amazing. <laughs> So yeah, I wear sweatpants, but I don't really wear. I don't own matching pajamas or anything that anyone would call pajamas. I could, I could work out. I could wake up in the morning and work out and what I have now. Squeezer, moving on. Sci-fi uh-huh. is airing a Nightmare on Elm Street marathon this Thursday tomorrow. Sci-fi or Sifi? Sifi. Uh, okay. So uh, when you're done, and and fifty, um, is it? No, I think, yeah, in 55 minutes, let's see, it says, oh, no, 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 tomorrow, I don't know how to read time, tomorrow afternoon, 11.55 uh, Eastern AM, Freddy's dead. It's not, yeah, it's so, in well, the morning. The, the, it's, you know what I mean. Freddy's mm-hmm. dead, at noon, Freddy's dead, the final nightmare is airing, at 1.57 PM, A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, which is okay. 3.58 p.m., A Nightmare on Elm Street for The Dream Master. Uh... Oh, shit. They're not airing three at all. That's the best one. And now, then... What's on AMC? Or no, no Sci-Fi. C-C-P. You just said it on C-Fi. So they're going Final Night, uh, Freddy's Dead, 5, 4, 2, the original one at 8 p.m. Then they're going backwards, 2, 4, 5. I put them in, look, look, I get maybe you want to put them in a, just put them in order. Yeah, or, or, yeah, I mean, there's no uh, thread yeah. in these. You don't have to really go in order. But the, no, I know. The Dream Child is, the Dream Child is good. It's really not, but I like it. But the Dream Warriors is three. That's really good. Huh. I don't know why three is the only one missing from this. I wonder, is that a, Sifi, who you know, did someone else produce it, own the rights to that no. one in particular at the time, or yeah. nope? No, all right. Maybe they couldn't afford the rights to the sick Dawkins song. <laughs> um, what else is going on? Uh, you know what? No, the acting was too good for a Sci-Fi Channel uh, presentation, so like we can't have this. Did you buy any new comics today, Squeezer? I have not purchased any new comics. I haven't purchased any new comics in quite some time. I need to get back into the ones that I have now that I was reading that I fell off the train on, the wagon on, so I can continue on. It's a lot of ons. I bought a digital 
copy of a comic today. Uh, first comic book by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird together in 25 years. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin, number one. Yes. Eastman and Laird are doing turtle books again, kids. That's sick. Same style? Uh, well, of, of course, but it's there's only one left. Last Ronin. Oh. I won't spoil who it is. But, well, that's sad. Well, for us, this is only at issue one, Squeezer. Oh, okay, okay. So there's got to be. Uh, issue two is scheduled to release December 16th. <clears throat> Bunch of dead turtles. That's not fun. Um, And that's all I have for some a bit of news for you, kids. Have I ever slept with my hat on? Yes. Usually pops off because I always wear my, I never wear my hat forward, always backwards. Because I'm a bad boy. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, look at me. I'm so fucking bad. Uh, so today I gave Jake his wedding present, our friend Jake. I bought him a... Spoilers. Re- I bought him a replica. I don't know what you're saying spoilers for. You got married. Oh, yes. I bought him a replica... I'm sorry, I bought him and his wife a replica of the Big Eagle WWF Championship belt. It's sexy. It is. And I I gave it to him the same way Vince presented Stone Cold with the Big Eagle after he won the belt from Shawn Michaels. I said, are you going to be a company man or are you going to be a reckless vandal? And uh, yeah. But yeah, that's... That's an RK wedding gift for you if you ever get married. I, I won't come to your wedding, but I'll buy you a gift. <laughs> yeah. Came to mine. I worked yours. <laughs> you worked mine, yeah. <laughs> well, kind of, because I did scrub through some of the footage, and most of the shots that was your camera, I see you walking in it, so. What? Uh, well, during the reception. It was locked off. Oh, yeah, I put a lock off, yeah. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, yeah, I, I worked the to whole be drinking and enjoying yourself. Wedding, yeah. Uh, I, I get yeah. called aside like, "Hey, can you be my best man?" Nope. Can you please shoot my wedding? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I won't do that for just anybody. You're, I've only done two in my life, and I'll never do another one. Yeah, I've done. I was ma- yeah, Joe. I was mainly sold because he was having his reception at Outback Steakhouse. Yes. That's- true and it was fucking fantastic um yeah i only did how many one two i think i've done three weddings two or three and they were all for friends and i never want i don't know how anyone does that yeah well like there's two absolute no's i in in Mm. our vague concept of a business like any job that you can take uh, there's only two I never want to do, and that's be a wedding videographer or a news shooter. Like that guy that has to knock on your door. It's like, ah, oh, I hear your family died in a car crash, and the the youngest of your children was the slowest to go uh, in the flames of the wreck. Tell us, uh, what what do you have to? What do you say? Yes. Like that. That's like to me. That's a living hell. 
I, the two I've done though, I didn't have to edit. Uh, the first one I did, your former boss, uh, big the other Michael Jordan, the other most famous Michael Jordan in history. He was the editor of that one, uh, and famously wore the mini DV tapes around his neck, like um, what the fuck's his name from Entourage? Wait, you shot that? No, I shot that. No, I sh- I didn't shoot Michael Jordan's wedding. I shot. Oh, I did. Yeah, I shot uh, Derek's wedding. His friend, our mutual friend, oh, Derek, yes. the yes. other Derek, and and I shot it. But Michael Jordan was editing it, and while waiting for it to to see the final footage, because we were, all, I was so fucked up. I like Tom, my friend Tommy, Macho Man, my ribs, and I had like three bruised ribs, so I could barely hold a camera. So his cousin, I was, I was smoking a little weed, drank a little, lot of alcohol. His cousin gave me a giant fucking Vicodin, and I was like floating through that wedding. I did. I felt like a fucking human tripod. Uh, you felt like a real Hollywood cameraman, huh? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, he would wear the footage like Billy Walsh. That's what it was. Billy Walsh around his his neck, uh, with a chain, like he did the Medellin guy. <laughs> Only Mike Jordan. Mike Jordan. Yeah. When we were out in Vegas for. Um, Derek's bachelor party, we had to log into my Slingbox. That Slingbox used to be a thing. Remember that? Uh, yeah, yeah. We had to log into my Slingbox the Sunday night so we can watch Entourage. Yeah, we are we are really players on the town that that weekend. <laughs> uh, yes, but then you shot Mike's. What did he edit it himself, or did you have to edit? No, I don't. I mean, I didn't have to edit it, but I doubt he did either. Because right. well, yeah, no one, no one. You get the footage, and then you just put it right. Either I, put it in a drawer. In this case, put it in a folder inside a folder on right. some hard drive that you lose somewhere. That's got to be the worst part to edit. Oh yeah, yeah. I was glad to. I was happy to find a shoot, Derek. I shot yours. I knowing that I wouldn't have to edit. It's fine. It's your problem. As soon as, as soon as I've turned the camera off, it's your problem. Yep. No, nothing to do with that. And uh, and then you shot our friend Christie's, and she did the yes. same thing. She's still waiting to edit hers. Hers is yep. hers is long, been longer than yours, right? Uh, by like a month. You two are like living a similar trajectory. You know that. I know it's kind of scary. She got married. You shot her wedding. You got married. I shot your wedding. You both haven't yet edited it. You both have kids, almost the same exact age. Hers are boys. Yours are girls. And she's a girl. And you're mm-hmm. and you're a boy. What? Yeah. Get out of here. Uh, when did that happen? Right. But she'll be the boy if you're not doing it right. <laughs> yeah, I'm never. She is a bit of control. I, I I pull up the raw footage and the kids like like oh that's neat who's that I'm like that's daddy. And then you're oh. uh, then Mrs. Squeezer like always a good that's always a good sign when they don't recognize you from six years ago. Yeah. Then Miss, your your wife's like, and that quietly sobbing in the corner, looking at me all angry, like it should be him, is your daddy's girlfriend and podcast partner, <laughs> Uncle RK. <laughs> Where were you when she asked why Uncle Ryan isn't there, Hershey or something? Uh, I forgot where we we're at. Yeah, I was. Yeah, where the hell were we? She wouldn't know why you weren't there. <laughs> I kind of want to know this too. Are you well, no, answer, answer the question? Adorable enough, she asked 
today why uh why she doesn't have when is she gonna have two daddies <laughs> and and uh mrs squeeze is like what what are you talking about she's like she's like well daddy has two daddies do you and she's like what and well my my stepdad she's uh... like well yeah we had happy and he has grandpa and she's like, well, that's because grandma and pappy got divorced and then she got remarried. So daddy has a stepdad. She goes, oh, okay. When am I going to get a stepdad? <laughs> uh, was she like, like in, uh, in good time? Never. In good time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Then you'll, you'll be all mine. No, just, you know, six days a week. I'll get them on Saturdays. <laughs> no, that's right. the last thing you want to happen. <laughs> you need me on Saturdays. Yeah, right. It's weird. Uh, that's uh, that's why I was talking to Mike today. Mike you, Mike uh, was in the studio today. He used to work with Squeezer and I on an old project similar to this. Uh, fun guy, but he had a similar situation. He had a... Uh, a daughter with his Zen girlfriend and they broke up and he was never available because, you know, that was the weekend he had his daughter, but now they're back together living together and he's more available now because he's always got his daughter. So yeah, we got to keep you yeah. two kids together. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that you, you, you care so much. Yeah, I do. <laughs> no selfish reason <laughs> behind it whatsoever. Uh, hey, what's up, Melissa? Um, all right. So who starts? I forgot what we did last week. Uh, well, last week we flipped the script because we went by who went the year before, right? Yes. So, well, I could. I already don't remember. I could tell you because I have notes. Who went the Ooh. prior years? So, guys got notes. You went first. I went second. You went first. I go first this week. How are we like a half? I'm at a beer already and coffee. Well, I bring a spare beer. Can all right, all right. Here is my first pick. This is a Halloween, how, our 2020. How long's your clip? Uh, not long enough. Ah, damn it. Mine's pretty long. Good. Okay. Uh, this is our third year doing this. We just do a trick or treat, grab, grab bag, talk anything retro Halloween that sparks our fancy. And here is my first pick. Whoa, what's going on in Count's Castle? stars to appear in my Count Chocula cereal. Whoa, it's Scooby-Doo. And my new chocolatey marshmallows. They're Scooby-Doo too. Yes, special new marshmallows shaped like ghosts. Shaggy, the mystery machine, and of course Scooby-Doo. For a limited time in monster cereals, a scary part of a good breakfast. A scary part of a good breakfast. Oh, yes. Count Chocula. Hey, did I lose you? Are you there? No, I'm here. Oh. I'm letting you do your thing. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to interrupt any impressions on the show. Oh, I, I had a, a request. Um, Oh, yeah, Pepsi Zero Sugar. That's my jam. That's what my, one of the, I like the cher wild cherry one, too. Uh, I had a request. Hold on. And I don't know if I can do it. Uh, but it's... They want me to do Jesse Ventura reading lines for the part of Scarface. So, 
Famous scar. Dance monkey. Face. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> Monsoon, this country was built on laundered money. You worry too much. You know what I'm talking about, you fucking cockroach. <laughs> Don't you know? Jesse Ventura, the body's got that kind of Minnesota gruff accent. You know, Monsoon, you come in here and you want to play games. You worry too much. You say hello to my little friend. Fuck Hulk Hogan. I live off the grid in Mexico. I could be the president of the United States, but Monsoon, I don't want to. <laughs> How was that? Uh, it, uh, good. Room for improvement? Yeah, I think it's kind of hard because I'm expecting a a bad Cuban accent instead I got a, a bad Minnesota accent. So. Don't you know? The thing about it is, you know, you know when you come into the ring and Jesse the Body Ventura's ring, the country was built on laundered money. So you know you worry too much, Monsoon. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, the the cadence is definitely there. <laughs> Thank you. You want to play games? <laughs> That's I don't I don't really know. Okay, I play with you. Uh, what's the most famous line? You say hello to my little friend. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Scarface. That's not a movie. That that was one of my signal movies. Uh, Sosa Uh, how'd you gotta get a scar like this eating pussy, man? I mean, I don't know, Monsoon. How are you going to get a... <laughs> <laughs> what do we got to do? Go to Cuba and hit the beard, Monsoon? I don't I don't know. Uh, McMahon, what do you do it every day? Every day, every dog has his day, right, McMahon? <laughs> All right, that's, that's the best I can do. As uh, Jesse the Body doing line, trying to trying out for Scarface. I don't got time to bleed. Monster cereal squeezer. Yeah. Over ten years before I was born in 1971, Count Chocula and Frankenberry hit the shelves. Uh, of course, the Chocula voice is just a Bella Lugosi impression. Um, and uh, Frankenberry, of course, is a spoof on Frankenstein's monster, and he's just doing a Boris Karloff impression, you know. Uh, so the commercials used to be them bickering over whose was better. Dirty eat, my chocolate. It's chocolatey taste. It's good for you kids, you know. And then there's some sort of like cat or a young child or something that would scare the two monsters, and he'd be like, "I like them both," making you uh, at home think. Uh, that you should listen to your dark overlord masters and go buy both from your parents. Tell them that only they love you if they buy you both. Make way for the bad guy, Monsoon. That's <laughs> for you, Iraq. So, um, yes, they were really pushing both. Uh, in 1973, they added the the third, the the wild card, Booberry. Allegedly, Squeezer, this was the first ever blueberry flavored cereal. It took them that long? Yeah, so I watched a bunch of commercials, and Booberry was just like the fall guy. So instead of Frankenstein's monster, and um, or Frankenberry and, and Count Chocula fighting with each other, they'd start fighting with each other, then Booberry would show up being all cool and looking a little stoned, and they'd like stuff him in a fucking candelabra and put the candle on top. Like, fuck you, you little clown ghost. 
Uh, sometime in the uh, mid seventies, they added a werewolf, the fruit brute. Uh, it was a fruit based cereal with lime marshmallows. I'm assuming it tasted like, um, fruit loops. I couldn't find any firsthand accounts, but lime marshmallows, like limes, the, the dominant flavor in fruit, fruit loops. So I'm yeah. assuming it was, and, and the fruit would yell fruit, the fruit. So he was like the shemp of the group. Kind of. He really wasn't in many commercials. I could only find like yeah. two online, but he only lasted 1974 to 1982. So he was gone before we were even born. And then they kind of like growing up, Booberry was kind of like phased out almost. It was only like Frankenberry and, and Count Chocula. And that's all I saw in stores. And my mom never bought it for me, but that's all I saw in stores. And then they announced the Fruity Yummy Mummy, which was a fruit based cereal with vanilla flavor and marshmallows. And that lasted, and he was—he kind of took the place of Boo Berry. He was like the number three in all the commercials, even though sometimes you could still buy Boo Berry was not officially discontinued. But Fruity Yummy Mummy, however, got the axe in 1992. Uh, in 1996, they kind of Boo Berry started getting like brought back into the forefront and on stores, and they redesigned all the monsters to look way more like cartoonish and kid friendly, softened mm-hmm. the image squeezer. Uh, by they had a bunch of different fucking gimmicks, like I showed you, like the Casper and Wendy marshmallows. Um, uh, at one point, Count Chocula had a little pet, uh, Igor the pet spider that guarded his hordes of fucking cereal that somehow didn't go stale because it was like Scrooge McDuck's money pit. And they gave out like gummy, you get like a box and you get out gummy Igor, uh, spiders. And then and there was the Scooby-Doo, because, of course, Scooby-Doo is like the horror cartoon, so Scooby-Doo marshmallows. <clears throat> and, uh, and the cereals, uh, and through 2010, it was kind of quiet, and uh, they decided to make the cereals a limited-time product, so they only show up in stores during the Halloween season, as they do now. Uh, in 2013, it was pretty cool. They brought back Fruit Brute and Fruity Yummy Mummy, and at Target, they had the original boxes, which I have. Remember the fruit boot box I had? Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. actually used it in the show a few times. Yeah. Uh, but they changed the flavors. Fruit Brute was now a cereal. Uh, I'm sorry, cherry flavored cereal. And uh, Yummy Mummy was orange cream flavored. Uh, now, then, 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 then you're not bring, you're bringing back the packaging, but you're not exactly. They brought back the packaging. So now, now to be fair with some of those, does it really matter though? No, it doesn't matter at all. They changed the flavor okay. and the recipe to be an all corn based meal instead of like an oat corn meal. So it used to be like um, almost Captain Crunch type pieces, uh, which mm. were much more consistent and way more sugar in them <laughs> than there are now. Uh, but yeah, so if you buy like at the grocery store, the Fruit Brute and Yummy Mummy had like a more updated contemporary box. But at Target, they had all the old retro boxes. That's where I got the Count Chocula sign, with, with the who who which became the phase the voice of um, Yanni's uh, tour manager. Ford, Ford, what are you doing? Oh, <laughs> I need to see Yanni's hands. Yanni will never fucking come back to Bethlehem ever. Remember, uh, so I, I, I got, I bought the box of the Count Chocula. I cut out the mask and I, I taped it to one of those, uh, hand, like fans they give you the sticks, and I had it at, mm-hmm. at, I had it backstage, and I'd yell at Jesse all the time with it. Father, what are you doing? Oh. 
So there was a couple controversies with the monster cereals. Uh, the Frankenberry had this pink dye they used, and it made people's poop a reddish pink hue, and parents freaked the fuck out. Started taking- oh, yeah, yeah, I can see that being a problem. And it was also in, uh, I think, Smurf cereal. Uh, but, but you know what? As long as it's like a light red or a pink, you're fine. And that, that's just superficial. When it gets black, that's when you got to worry. Yeah. It's uh, medical advice with the Radiers, folks. The the dye was banned in 1976, so that's not a Jesus. When, when, when something gets banned uh, that early on, yeah. that's when you know it's bad. So... In 1987, they did two commercials. They're still like spraying DDT all over the place, but like, nah, I probably shouldn't have this. Yeah, right. This dye is just not good. 1987, there were two commercials with Frankenberry, meaning the real Frankenstein monster from the movie, and, and Count Chocula, meaning Dracula. And they had box art that depicted each on the, the box art, too. But the Dracula on the Count Chocula box, they, they like, redrew the medallion to look like the Star of David. Now, there's a long-time anti-Semitic, what they call blood libel, uh, saying that Jewish people would kidnap Christians and drain and drink their blood. (laughs) Uh, So, yes, um, the Jewish community was not happy with this, so the box was quickly pulled. So those boxes, if you have them, are worth a lot of money. And me personally... Uh, I know there's a lot of fans, especially if you've watched the Goldbergs of Booberry cereal. Uh, I, Count Chocula is always the best. And I like the the cherry re-release of, of Fruit Brew. It's pretty good. But in my mind, Count Chocula is the king of those cereals. Squeezer, what about you? I, I agree. And I'm not a, a cereal person uh, whatsoever. And that was... I, I just remember Count Chocula, to me, kind of didn't even feel like... A, like, he stood out on his own. Like, Count Chocula was out there with Captain Crunch and yeah, he, he was the most the rabbit, famous Toucan of, Sam. of them all. He dominated the commercials for a while. It was only Count Chocula commercials. Like, the other serials were kind of cast yeah, off. And yeah. I, know, I know, like, Booberry, like, never really disappeared, and then it did, and then it did. It was in and out. But was Frankenberry as consistent? Yeah, it was always the two. Frankenberry and Count Chocula were always so okay. Because if you would have asked me, I would have said Frankenberry was also discontinued at some point, and that Count Chocula was always there. Yeah, Count Chocula has always been the most popular of all the monster yeah. stereo. Oh, well, look it, at that! It, he looks it was like. you got the character. He drives it. Plus, uh, you know, well, chocolate they cereals. did something really creepy, and you could look up this. They did a live action Count Chocula commercial in like 1991. And they just did like prosthesis to make his face look like Count Chocula. And he straight up has a set of fucking testicles on his chin. Like they, not like, <laughs> they, like a straight up ball sack chin. Uh, so you, it's really fucking creepy. And then the commercial centers around this kid who gets such a craving for chocolate. He turns into a chocolate monster until he could get his fucking Count Chocula. It's really preposterous if you ask me. But that's my it's horrifying dissertation on monster cereal squeezer mm-hmm. all right shall we move on to your first or do you need a break should we take a a break for these no, no, fine no. people no, i i i i bet you i bet you i can beat you back because i know my clip so all right here it is with a skeleton no that's the skeleton of jebediah gotcha gotcha okay uh 
Well, let's start looking for that silver tongue. Don't forget to look in his shoes. When I lose something, sometimes it turns up in my shoes. Forgive us, Jebediah. We mean no disrespect. Well, that settles that. There is no silver tongue. Is there, Bonesy? Oh, I wish, Chief. With that kind of dough, I could buy me some eyeballs. Ha, ha, ha. Well, that's the spirit, Bonesy. Why don't you sing a song for the nice people? All right. <clears throat> Campdown lady, sing this song. Do-da, do-da. Campdown lady. Campdown squeezer, not back yet. Do-da, do-da. He thought he was gonna be the quickest squeezer. But he's not back yet, cause he's a slow boy. Did I make it? Nope. God damn it, Wiggum. <laughs> poor, poor Wiggum. I should have let that clip go longer. I would have known. I even ran. Oh man, now now I'm out of, out of breath. breath for like Dude, there was You know, my stairs go up and down. Jeez, what are you, Shit. some sort of rich man? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it. I'm waiting for my phone to blow up. It's like, why are you running? Um, so, uh, it's hard to find audio for something so weird like this. So you know, go to you know the Simpsons for you know. All your necessary filler audio. Simpsons In this did case, it. we're talking did it. skeletons. What's that? It's like the South Park said. Simpsons did it. Simpsons did it. Simpsons did it. And they did it. It's like you just type in that word and Simpsons and you get your clip. Like it's a given. And usually like I think of something and it's in the back of my head already. Um, there's also the option of Lisa with the uh, angel skeleton. Mm. But this one is a classic and I mean, can't. The, it was like a mall propaganda, right? Uh, yeah, it was all about marketing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm talking skeletons. In particular, the rubber uh, jiggler dangler uh, kind. You know mm -hmm. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Still, they I, still I love... exist to this day. Yeah. Uh, ours was that you had some that like glow in the dark and uh, ours was like actually like black with like white painted in. There's like a lot of detail in it actually. And they're kind of horrifying at the same time as they are not scary. Like it om almost looks like if you took like a little rotten like skeleton person, like if, if you actually took like a little person that size mm -hmm. and just hung them out in the sun and let them rot for a year, that's what they would look like. It's kind of like uh, Robin Hood's dad in Prince of Thieves when he finds him like up in the cage with his eyes cut out. That's what they kind of look like. But ours, I, I, ours never went away on Halloween. I kept mine out. I love this damn thing. Mm -hmm. And it was this weird, soft, very... Uh, whatever, I don't know what they did, what kind of rubber it was or why it felt Probably different latex. than so many other things. What's that? It's probably latex. Uh, probably a latex. I'm I'm sure it's also like the original formula is banned in the contiguous <laughs> United States. And you want to be um, my latex salesman. <laughs> but um, yeah, this thing was great, and I, it was a great little weapon because you just throw it and stuff. You know, but it it was it was so creepy because like the way it would hang and just limp, and they were 
it was it was cool and gross at the same time. And this is by far it was like my favorite Halloween decoration from all the popcorn stuff to the little foldy out paper mache uh, paper uh, what's that called? The hexagony shit. Mm-hmm. That folds out, you know, like the turkeys, the yeah. pumpkins, you know uh, what I mean? Bastille yeah. or That's whatever it. their their brand is yeah. called. Yeah. Yeah. But um, th- this one by far uh, meant the most to, to me, and it was like oh, I think it was like my dad's too, because th- these go back to. I think like the '60s, when they started making these things, and they have there's all kinds of jiggly dangler kind of just little rubber things that you just hang all over the place and look cool. And just hanging there is like it's like a soft, squishy wind chime, uh, if you will. And you, you put it in the window or something like that. But I would just walk around with it and kind of just bounce it up and down. And it would just jiggle left and right, kind of you know. Like I would jiggle left and right too as I'm bouncing up and down, but still, um, yeah, I was a big fan of these guys. And then we eventually, you get like new. They would they would start to dry rot and kind of just pull apart. And uh, and we got they had like the glow in the dark ones too, but they weren't as cool as the original one. I remember having it was like a black one with like some white detail in it that I was always so fond of. Those are pretty cool. They always make me think of that uh, Disney's Halloween tree, the dancing skeletons. Yeah, I was going to actually pick that. Um, oh, that was pretty. I didn't have a bottle opener, but I had a pair of Craftsman Robo Grips sitting next to my computer. It is possibly the best yet most expensive bottle opener you can you can buy. Um, I was thinking about using that, but then I'd have to explain what that was because people are like, what the hell was that? Hmm. And I already did enough Disney stuff. and old. I'm going to try and stay in this millennia as far as this show's picks go. So, Unlike last, last week. yeah, last week where you were, you skipped millennia <laughs> as, as Squeezer is known to do. You're an old soul, Squeezer. An old soul. I am. I am a very old soul. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, uh, my next pick. Are you ready, handsome? I am. You're not scared, are you? Someone has taken their love of fear one step too far. Uh, we know you're not the killer. Solving this mystery. Everybody's a suspect. Is going to be murder. Who are you? The question is, where am I? The new thriller from West Craven, rated R. Scream, the new thriller from West Craven. Ah, oh, TV spots back in the day. Can, can there be an award show just for TV spots and, like, for trailers? Like, where's the award for trailer music? I don't know. There should be. Because they, they can take an... And you should get the listen, award. The listen, award listen, to, listen. I'm sure our industry loves sucking our own dicks. I'm sure there is some sort of award already. (laughs) Um, Regardless, CBS uh, brought back the Sunday, irregardless, uh, regardless of irregardless. Uh, um, CBS brought back the Sunday night movie again. And uh, two weeks ago was Ferris Bueller's day off. Great movie. But Mm -hmm. I've, watching i'm like there's a lot of plot holes and 
Not as many as fucking Scream, <laughs> which was this week's Sunday night movie. Um, and I, what's funny is I watched when I originally saw the 1996 Mission Impossible movie, I was like, I don't understand a thing going on. But then when I rewatched it on the Sunday night movie, I'm like, this movie is fucking perfect. Like there's very few plot holes. And the opposite is movies I watched as a kid. I'm like, this movie's amazing. Now I'm seeing it. I'm like, there's a lot of plot holes. So I remember <laughs> the first time I saw Scream, uh, it was on pay-per-view. And I, I should have looked up when it came out on pay-per-view, but it wasn't, it was like in the spring. And I came home from school and my sister was in my parents' bedroom because we only had cable, the cheater box. Like it's not, it wasn't a cheater, but it was a, it was a converter box that lets you watch the pay-per-view. You know, because my dad was a, is a cable engineer, and he'd have to we get all the channels for free because he'd have to monitor the system. Um, so they had one in their bedroom. So she was in there watching Scream, and it was just the beginning. And I was like, "What are you watching?" Scream. I'm like, ah, I don't want to see this. And I was just was watching, and then I want. She's laying on a bed. I'm I'm sitting on the floor. We're in my parents' bedroom. We watched the entire movie, <laughs> <laughs> and then I think it came out again, and we start watching it again. Um, that's how much we are into it. Uh, I love this movie so much. I remember we went to the beach that year and there was this uh, like independent record store down there. And it was when I was like, I was like a moody teenager. Hold on. I got mm-hmm. to find out some dates here. Uh, Scream theater release. Just to figure out. Okay. So it came out in theaters in December of 1996. So this was probably like the spring of 97 squeezer. <coughs> okay. And hold on, I gotta pull my book out. My life journal. Spring in '97. I was probably at my my peak of scaredy pantsness, so I <laughs> didn't see it. Have you ever seen Scream? Yeah. Okay, spring of '97. I was still 14. I I was about to turn 15, and I was in the ninth grade so i came home and it was my last year at troxel i was about to go to my first year so yeah i was a moody teenager at the beach i didn't want to do the normal things you know you'd normally do with your family but i want i wanted to i wanted to go to the surf store and buy like billabong sweaters you know quiet storm and i wanted to uh go to the record store and look at cds uh and buy a cd to listen to the entire way back and then the used bookstore um i uh so the CD I got was the Scream soundtrack. That's how obsessed I was with this movie. And I, I listened to it. I still, I played it on the show. Like, say a prayer for the youth of America. Nah, nah, nah. Um, all those songs on there. I was a big fan of uh, the Scream soundtrack. I played the fuck out of that uh, soundtrack when I was 19, that summer of 1997. Fuck, man. Uh, we watched that movie that whole spring and summer too. I probably saw Scream a thousand times, if not more. Uh, Scream two, Scream three, and here's some things I noticed in Scream that that bugged me. Uh, why? So the the spoilers: the killer is Sydney's boyfriend Billy, and his best friend Stu. Uh, now. The end of the movie, they're in Stu's giant, luxurious farmhouse, this beautiful house with mm-hmm. like a stained glass, like bay window in the front. It's like this gorgeous house. Like, wh- what was so wrong with Stu's life that he needed to follow? Maybe he was just a psychopath. 
he had he had a hot girlfriend in Tatum with Rose mm-hmm. McGowan. You know, he, maybe no, yeah, maybe you, you once you have it all, you need a new challenge, and you know, I guess. But following what 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 better prey is there than hunting man? Well, I suppose, but his motive was all just Billy's motive. Yeah, Billy's uh, mom left him because Billy's dad was fucking Sydney's mom. So, of course, Billy a year prior, Billy killed Sydney's mom, and then Billy and Stu were the two killers that killed Casey. And the opening scene with Drew Barrymore is, is probably... like Drew Barrymore made the cover. She's in the first 10 minutes of the movie, and she's like mm-hmm. iconic in it because she's really good. And they have a good joke. Wes Craven directed this uh, screen movie, and it was written by Kevin Williamson, who who wrote uh, Dawson's Creek. So it was kind of a blend of those two genres. Would if you mm-hmm. uh, allow me to say? And and she's talking to the maniac. He's like, "Do you like scary movies?" And she's like, "Freddy Krueger." And he's like, "The first one was good. The rest of the sequels all sucked." That's because, of course, Wes Craven did Nightmare on Elm Street. But when he signed the deal, he signed away all the sequel rights to New Line. So he didn't have anything to do with all those sequels. <laughs> so that's why she said that. And then um, um, so she's getting attacked by the killer and she sees her parents. And instead of running for them, she stops. She stops. She starts running towards yeah. them, sees her parents and she stops. Why did you fucking stop? Then she gets it's a to, horror movie. You 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 saw the Geico commercial. You hide in the shack with the chainsaws. <laughs> I know. Uh, but then another thing that like bugged me was like the random scenes of the killer. Now here's what I don't get, and you weigh in on me. Those random nah. scenes, like okay, maybe the bathroom scene where the two boots come in the floor and the 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 outfit like the robe like drops down. And mm-hmm. the guy comes out with a knife in the bathroom. Was that the actual killer or was that just a kid playing a prank? Hmm. And then I felt like they were doing too many homages to Halloween where like they were at the grocery store buying junk food for the party. And they, you know, those big mirrors that are in the corners of grocery stores. Mm-hmm. You see, you see him in it, the killer in the mask. Now, is it the killer or is it a kid? And if it was the killer, why would you go out in broad daylight in that outfit when everybody in the town knows that's what the killer wore? That'd be very fucking conspicuous. They'd find him out in a second. Is it? But is he really there, or is it just a, the fear and the figment of your imagination? Well, she's not looking at that image. She's not looking at the mirror, so it wouldn't like the like whose perspective right, but, is projecting it. Now you're trying to think like a filmmaker. And don't get me wrong, Wes Craven absolutely is. But sometimes you just have something you know is going to work, so you do it. And then so maybe someone even brought that up. And they go, well, well, who is seeing this, and why would they be out in daylight? And they go, give us a shit, it looks cool. <laughs> yeah, probably. So I saw some other cool things on the IMDb trivia page. Uh, that you would probably like, you know, that so that party scene at the end of the movie, it's 42 minutes of the movie. But, Is it really that much of the. Yes. So the last. Wow. The last part of the movie is 42 minutes at the. At, at, so 
Uh, that's like a big, that's like the whole third act is at this kid's house at night. So it was shot over the course of 21 days from the time the sun set to the time it rose. So after it wrapped, the crew had t-shirts made that read, I survived scene 118. <laughs> um, they, they jokingly call it the longest night in horror history. So oh, it's got to be hell. Yeah. So many. Imagine being the script supervisor on that. Mm-hmm. One party. Well, here's another problem. Although it's a horror movie, so continuity isn't exactly a. Yeah, right. And this is a thing only you and I would draw. So Dewey comes in and he's trying to flirt with Courtney Cox's, you know, tabloid journalist character. Mm-hmm. He's like, you want to go do a walkthrough of the party with me? And she says, sure, I'd love to. And she turns around and snaps. And, and Kenny, her cameraman, hands her uh, a wireless camera that she hides under her coat as she walks. And then she slips it above the VCR. So we get a POV. In 1996 or 1995 or 1996, whenever the fuck this was shot, there was no chance in hell any wireless camera would have, it was probably shooting over a microwave at that point, would have any mm-hmm. battery power to last that fucking long. Yeah, and, yeah, it would. It'd be dead in three minutes. Yeah, and and the range too. It's just it's on it's on. Oh, the second it would get it would yeah. So the second is in the house without a clear direct sight to the microwave. Just just by putting it in front of your body would be enough to disrupt that. Yes. Especially and, and at that not time. Good for your body either. No, 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 no. Your your ovaries are gone at that point. Yeah. So, uh, but there's like a cool scene where it cuts to a close-up of the camera and you see the Clerks movie on uh, VHS. Of course, this movie was released by Dimension. Uh, and when it, when, when it replayed Squeezer on um, CBS, they scrolled through Harvey Weinstein's name in the opening credits so fucking quick, you barely got time to read it. <laughs> but they were also the distributors and... Uh, well, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess legally you can't take it out. I mean, the you can comp- go pretty quick. Yeah, right. So uh, I, I never realized before, and, and I would have totally marked out for that because Clerks was like my favorite movie in 1997. Uh, that and Pulp Fiction, uh, which was also released by Miramax, uh, by Harvey Weinstein. So um, he had a hit machine back then, you know? He was... Being a serial rapist, he was also a serial hitmaker. Hey, what, what can I say? I was enjoying watching Pulp Fiction while eating a, a, a fudge pop. Um, not having a care in the world. Yeah. Now it's the two biggest monsters behind bars. Oh, the pudding pop, you mean? Yeah, pudding pop. I say fudge pop, pudding yeah. pop. Yeah. Yeah. With the pudding. <laughs> but uh what else did i see on imdb that i thought you would like um oh the robe was originally going to be white but they thought it was too close to the kkk i thought that was funny yeah and also that that sucks for for shooting yeah the shooting black, and yeah. the black just looks cool yeah um to keep Drew Barrymore uh, crying, Wes Craven kept telling her real life stories about animal cruelty. Just said something I feel like you would do. Yeah, I would. 
Oh, oh, if I were directing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like I'm on set and you're telling me all these horrible animal stories. Like, sir, you're tenting. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, Why is he hunched over? Uh. <laughs> you let it, give him a second when you're not looking so he could do a Vancouver maneuver. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, uh, Billy Loomis is a nod to uh, both Sam Loomis, who is a the boyfriend in Psycho, and also uh, his doctor in Halloween. Um, I don't know what else is made Rose McGowan a star. She also said it was her favorite filming experience in her career. And, uh, yeah, it's a fun movie still. There is some scenes where you're like, what the hell is this about? And, but how many sequels did they make? I believe three. I don't. Okay. I didn't didn't see any of them outside of the first one. Four, five, five. Shit. That's not a lot for a horror movie. No, four, so. four, four. Huh. Scream franchise. Here it is. So there's Scream, Scream, Scream 2, Scream 3, Scream 4, and there's an untitled Scream sequel for 2022. And there's also a television show uh, on MTV. Of Scream. But Wes Craven has passed... Uh, and since 2015, so he will not be directing. Oh, that's right. I'm depressed. Well, I feel bad that I forgot that. Well, it's all right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. Oh, and, and before we move on, we we brought up this question. Uh. Beginning in 1999, the Golden Trailer Awards. <laughs> there it is. See, you you nailed it. I told you. Uh, would you want to guess the uh, uh, best of show in 1999 for trailers? Matrix. Ah, uh, yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, they had there there was only like maybe a dozen or more categories. Now they include like best TV network promos and movie posters and all that kind of shit. So the list is ridiculous. But my favorite, though, is... And this is something I thought up. Like, they should give an award to the best trailer for the biggest piece of shit. <laughs> and they call it the Golden Fleece. And it came out that year, or the first year. That's and 8mm won the Golden Fleece. Ah, uh, see, that movie I, I strangely watched a lot. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, uh, there Nicholas was none, Cage. none in 2000. I gotta find out uh, if this is a real snuff film, man. Did you ever see 8mm? <laughs> no. Uh, it, not the whole... I, I watched a little bit of it. It was one of those things that was on, like, the break room. Oh, uh, okay. I've seen it. I, and, or, the, like, in the old green room, and it was on. I'm like, what is this? And then when I realized what it was, I'm like, if it's not... It's Nick Cage, and it's not The Rock, I'm out. I'm gonna be so. com- completely transparent. Um, I... Got caught up. It had a run on HBO when I was like a kid after it came out and I was like home from college or something. And there was still internet porn wasn't what it is now. Or, and you know, I was trying to, you know, 
find something to have a nightcap. With. All right. Uh <laughs> And I, I, I saw something in the beginning. It was not the stuff film squeezer. I kept waiting for, for sure. I kept waiting for something to get me going, and it wound up not happening in the movie. But I watched the whole thing, and I was like, "Oh, it's not too bad. It's creepy. It's creepy as fuck." I don't know what you mean. I didn't kill the girl in the film. <laughs> it's fucking bad. All right, let me. <laughs> There's no awards in 2000. I think it was a one-off, and then they brought it back in 2001. Our Golden Fleece went to Hollow Man. The television and film industry is seriously the Barry Horowitz of jobs. <laughs> we love to <laughs> pat ourselves on the back. Uh, you ever hear of Business of Strangers? In the theater. The entertainment industry as a whole. Uh, yeah, yeah. Music, too. Uh, uh, Blue Crush. Uh, wow, Blue Crush is a good movie. Oh, it's a better trailer, I guess. Uh, North Folk, North Fork. What the hell is that? I never heard of Polish. it. Blue Crush has uh, the uh, Australian girl with the two colored eyes. Uh, I'm going to ride the wave, eh? Now that's a wave. Kate Bosworth. Yeah, Kate Bosworth. Yep. Yeah. Uh, white <laughs> noise. Oh yeah, white like noise. Crocodile Dundee, but still. Yeah. Oh, Beer League won in 2006. Oh, it also won for... Oh, that's Special Audience. Oh, that's when they started bringing in the trashiest trailer. What, Beer beer League or... Beer League won, and then, then they started adding the trashiest trailer. I don't know what that means. Beer, beer League's a fucking awful movie. Artie Lang, but I love it. I've watched it like 20 yeah. times. Ralph Macchio... He gets married and yeah. she lets him have um, who the fuck's the third Derek Jeter as his the Derek Jeter figure as his groom figures. <laughs> Italian. It's good. The movie's fucking awful, but I love it. It's one of those guilty pleasures, beer league. It's like they really pick and choose. Like beer so in two thousand nine there's like thirty there's like forty different awards. And in two thousand nine there's like five of them. And four of the five went to Star Trek. Let's see. I just want to see the Golden Fleeces. Did they stop doing the Golden Fleece? Oh, you know what? I'll tell you what. I don't see the Golden Fleece. Oh, no, it's back. Apollo 18 won. I, I bet they started getting a little more uh, legitimate, and they didn't want to like pick out a movie for being bad because it would hurt the feelings of the... Uh, you know, people in the industry, and you don't want to upset them because it's all about essing the D. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Let's see. Furious right. 7. Oh, sure. They just give them all the Fast and the Furious movies now. Now nah, it's just getting easy. Too easy. Are you ready yeah. to move easy. on, Mr. Squeezer? I am. Uh, oh, you're unfortunately, so yes. We're only on your second pick. Yeah, we're zooming. <laughs> zooming. Here's Squeezer's second pick. The world's most thrilling theatrical event. Cats. The magic, the mystery, the memory will live forever. Cats, the seven-time Tony Award winner, the once-in-a-lifetime experience, the most exciting family musical in the word. Cats at the Winter Garden Theater. Call Telecharts 212-239-6200. At the Winter Garden Theater. I feel like we played this commercial on this show 
I know. I don't even think. I don't know why you even downloaded it. I probably could have just right pulled the clip and just sent it back over to you. Or just tell him I've had it. I played it. This commercial scared yeah. the shit out of me as a kid. Is that what we're talking about? Uh, no, we're talking about well, kinda. Uh, so this spun off a whole thing with the cat costumes for a while, especially in the Zoobly Zoo 80s, early 90s. They were all the rage. Are you talking Zoobly Zoo? No, no, just that shit was gene- scary. You know, just ha- Halloween store cat costumes. Oh, okay. Um, but there's one in particular, and I know exactly what it looks like. It's just burned into my mind because it was my mom's. Oh no! And it wasn't it, a sexy it, it cat this... costume, was it? What's that? It wasn't. It uh, a... it it was for the era, oh, fortunately, no, your mom which was means a sexy it wasn't. Cat. Um, because there's no, nothing was flattering I'm back a sexy then. cat. <laughs> um, and, and of course, you know, as the image in there, like, like the woman on the cover is doing uh, the cat paw. <laughs> um, but it's like this leopard print, like leotard. Am I still allowed to say that word? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like this leopard print leotard with like these stockings. And then it had, like, the cat tail that, like, was pinned to the back of it. And these little gloves with, like, tiny little claws on it. Kind of Michelle Pfeiffer-ish, if you will, but, like, early on. Uh, And then uh, uh, ears. And then it came with, like, a little makeup pencil to, like, draw your own little whiskers on. Hmm. Uh, but I think what really had to sell it was because of the time period that came out and you had to tease your hair out because there's no wig for it because everyone just had ridiculously large plumes of hair. So my mom would just like tease it out and she thought she was so fun wearing this cat outfit and I thought I was mortified by it also because like it was my mom like acting like young Mm-hmm. And now the the thing is, at the time she had that, she was my age. Now, you know, I was probably like six. She was thirty. So yeah, yeah. You'd look good so in a sexy was, cat costume right now. What's that? You'd look good in I a, could sexy... Wear a sexy cat costume. Yeah. Oh. yeah I, I, I so. And uh, me, I'm more in line with my dad as far as like Halloween costumes go. I am not one for the Halloween. Co- I don't like it. I don't do it. I don't like accessories. I don't. I just want to, I'll go to a Halloween costume party and I'll hang in the back, drink a beer and eat your onion dip and be happy as can be. I'll stay and home. Then everyone, and have everyone bitch at me. Oh, where's your costume? Like, I'm an alcoholic here. I'll stay um, home and not have anyone bitch at me and drink and eat my onion dip. Yeah, but. And eat all the candy when the kids well, don't You come. can do that, but other people's onion dip is always better. There's just something about it. Um, I think it's the, the air in a different house where you smell it. So your senses become more heightened and therefore it tastes better. Hmm. That, that's my thing. It's, it's a sense of fear, dread, and uncertainty. I like that your logic and I'd like to better. subscribe to your newsletter. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So back then I'm like, Oh man, she's so old. Why is she being all young and, uh, uh, jovial and like she's trying to be like sexy in her cat cast costume and cat costume. Uh, 
Now my well, she was my age, and I'm young and jovial and sexy in my cat cat costume. I can't even say it. But uh, it, and it was weird. Like you just you date your parents, you make them so much older <laughs> than they really were. Uh, it makes me feel so old now. Um, like looking back when she was there, and like, but at the same time, <clears throat> that costume just burns an image in my head. And eventually, we stole it and my sister would use it as like just dress up and play you know but Mm -hmm. uh it was uh and she wore that for years like that was her thing and she was obsessed she loved cats even though she never saw it um and i mean did you ever i never saw it i saw the i (laughs) feel like i know it though because that commercial is all you need yeah but apparently from what i've been told by everyone who's seen it the mm-hmm. the commercial is not the the it's much more like uh up the commercial is like spooky it's like aliens coming from that's what I thought it was like cat aliens like dee, 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 dee. but it's not yeah. at all no no yeah they take all all the deep rich like oh kind of moments if mm-hmm. you will I I actually came across there's a trailer for it from the eighties like eighty six. And that shows it as this upbeat, like everyone's flipping and dancing and back and forth and all that shit. Um, yeah, I had no desire to ever see it. I'm not one for people in cat costumes, unless, unless they bring back you. You do a Thundercats, and or oh, they give Thundercats the Spider-Man treatment and make Thundercats the musical. Hmm. I'll go. Or what about Zubily Zoo? Uh. Nah, nah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know. Yeah. If you don't know what I'm talking about, people at home, Google Zoobly Zoo. It was a Disney Channel show. And yeah. It was it's fucking freaky. That that uncanny valley. It made that Alice in Wonderland show look normal. Yes, it was all people in cost like tiger and animal costumes and. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, this was. Uh, no one. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. It's so uncomfortable. You, you remember your first bomb? The first time I made a bomb. Yeah. yeah. No, not not like an explosion bomb. Like made a joke and it bombed. <laughs> uh, I don't. I mean, that's like remembering your first bite of food. Well, it's no. This one stuck with me, and I'm sure I've bombed before. This one. Was hard. Oh, your family in from New York, and they were talking about. Oh, you should come up. You, you know, you we can go see a play and this and that because you know that's what us, you know, uh, our us uh, rural folk do. You know, we go go to the big city and see a play. Mm. But uh, and I said, oh yeah, I, I want to come and see Hats. And they're like, oh no, it's not that good. It, it's overrated. I'm like, no, no, not not Cats. Hats. It's a play about hats. And I remember the crickets. And I, re- I, I remember, I was probably like seven. And I remember feeling so flush. And everyone's looking at me. This is blank stare. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I don't know. I thought I was being clever. I'm going to be witty. It's not cats. It's hats. And it's a play about hats oh. instead of cats. And honestly, I've got material. I got this. I had shtick. I was seven years old. It's hey, hey, everyone thinks they have shtick. 
Stick fair, I could probably... I say if we... I've never seen it, but I guarantee you I could take the the the, the play, the musical hat, Cats, and if you just get a good costume designer that can make everyone hats, and we change all the words from cats to hats, hats and at it the Winter Garden a, Theater, a phenomenon. Now and forever. Now and forever, hats. But that was my I I live with this every day. I think of that, and it it burns at my soul. That there, that un, that uncomfortableness that I. I I appreciate it. it. It keeps me alive. It keeps me in check because, you know, I throw a lot of shit at the wall sometimes to try to get a laugh every now and then to, you know, help shore up my insecurities. And uh, fortunately, every now and then when I have a good line and I think it's going to be great and then hats pops in there, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to keep this one to myself. <laughs> Is that your uh, deterrent? Yes. Yeah. The, the, the sense of the silent judgment of others. Uh, is uh that that cold, silent stare? Uh, I, I, that one's a, that's a tough one. All right, uh, I think it's okay to move on. What about you? Scott? Yeah, I, I I think we're going long enough without me talking about all my childhood traumas that I've put upon myself. <laughs> all right, here is my third pick, and stay with me here. And this is my workspace. This is it. Check that out. You smell it? Uh-huh. As you can smell, there's a lot of different odors going on in here. So you have an office and a workspace. I do. You know, I just, I cannot create in the same space that I conduct business. I'm sure that you're the same with your doodles. Smell. It's fire. Uh-huh. Bonfire. Bon. Men love this one. James Bonfire. Yeah. <laughs> I am Bonfire. James Bonfire. Michael Scott. <sighs> I get frustrated or irritated or angry. I come up here and I just smell all my candles. And it just poof goes away. Just like that. Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> so I'm talking about Yankee candle squeezer. The first time my mom ever bought a Yankee candle was mm-hmm. way I don't even know when the fuck I like like I gotta get the history of Yankee candle. Yeah, when did it, was it like did it spread regionally? Yeah, so it was um it was formed in Massachusetts by some kid who melted I like I read this today and I can't get back. It keeps taking me fucking back. I don't want yankeecandle.com, damn it. <laughs> so he 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 melted crayons and he made a candle for his mom that was called Christmas 69. And it was meant that when she smelled it, it'd bring that her. That sounds dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 69! But it was founded in 1969, Squeezer. Ah. So, um, he melted the crayons and he made it a gift for his mother. And then his neighbors started wanting to buy them. So, him and his, a couple of his buddies from school started making this candle production company. I guess his dad made some sort of heated room which enabled cost-saving liquid wax deliveries at first factory site in Massachusetts. Um, anyway, uh, this Kitteridge guy uh, basically in 93 sold off his candle to a private equity firm. And that's when you start seeing it everywhere, like in like stores and shit. 
And that's, I think, when uh, my mom... They had, to, they had to start making their money back. Yes. So it started popping up everywhere. So my mom bought the Macintosh Apple, and that was a fall one. And I, and I was like, like, you just sit there and smell all the time. Because before that, like, scented candles that really smelled like something... Like, like, I don't, I don't know. They like scrape out a fucking beaver's asshole yeah. to get vanilla. No, high. no. Yeah. It, it was putrid, especially the, the red Christmas ones. Yeah. 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 It tastes, there, there was something. smells yeah, like stale it, wax. It, Cause they're just stored every year and they're pulled out of storage or never burnt. Yep. Yeah. 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 But these are ones you'd burn and, um, they became a thing and, and they started coming out with more sense tailored to Christmas, of course, and also Halloween, like haunted, like, like, like fall shit. Like, but it really, like you smell this and it kind of has some sort of time machine feature. I call it that takes you like the mm-hmm. right scent could take you back to a moment in time. So in my research, I found that there are uh, complete YouTube channels about people who go and get the hall every year, like every new Halloween candle released by Yankee Candle. They go to the store and they buy them all. And I'm like, fuck, man, this is like, I, I got to get in on this game because I love fucking scented. It's the scented candle game, the pumpkin spice candle oh, game. Oh, I'm a basic bitch when it comes to that. Oh, me too. Yeah, I'm, I am such a basic little white girl uh, when it comes to scented candles. With all due respect, with, I'm not judging. Yeah, with all, I'm, I'm not judging. That's just what people call them. And I'm just going with the joke. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I love it's not a joke. Um, so I found like a, a whole bunch of this. So there's YouTube videos on it. And it just takes me back of what my mom, my mom used to decorate big for Halloween. And she had these like witch dolls. I think I've talked to before. They were music boxes and um, she bought them off home shopping club before it became home shopping network. Mm-hmm. And um. They play. You wind them up, and they played "Autumn Leaves," and I have a little sample of it. It was very haunting to me as a kid. Oh, oh of the actual like. Yeah. So that was it. And what you heard there was I lost Squeezer. All right. Um, I think we, we, I don't know if we lost her, but, but okay. So back to the haunting music Squeezer. So this uh, is yes. the haunting. This is, so this is what her witch dolls used to play. So she'd decorate the house. We have our like uh, fake, my mom would turn our one garden area in the yard to like a graveyard with spi- like that fake spider web and she'd make tombstones out of foam that was really cool and um she had these witch dolls that i would just like sit and like wind up the 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 music box thing was on the bottom and i'd wind it up and i'd just sit there and play it and it was so hot i don't know it still haunts me in a good way to this day um but yeah the yankee candle thing was i i would do yourself a favor i know i've recommended a lot of dumb shit on youtube but i gotta watch them i haven't watched it but there's people who do uh, Yankee candle halls. And I, you know, I used to think, eh, I was kind of embarrassed about me being into these Yankee candles. Cause I think, ah, it's kind of like a, being, being the misogynistic, like, oh, this should, this is a woman thing, you know? Not, not just a woman thing, an old lady thing. An old lady thing. 
It's not. It's guys our age. They're the ones yeah. who are the most. No, no, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Because that's where I was. I had, it was one of those things where I didn't want to admit it. Like, right. you know, it's like, oh, I like the smell of it. But it's like, I don't want to go in a Yankee candle. Right. Yeah, I did want to go. What well, to an extent, my aller, I can only take right, so I can much. Only take and then so I get much. sick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But in and out, like, I'm good. And then I take it home. And I am, I'm, I'm the one that, as I'm, I know what season it is because, like, my biological smell clock is like, oh, it's time to go and get the fall harvest candle and pff, down in the basement, go through the box, get that up. It's all neat and organized. I know what I need. Also, I do you a know? pretty good job of changing the uh, bath and bed beyond works uh, plug in scents in my office to match the seasons. Yes. The uh, bed, bath and beyond. Yeah, I, 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 I love I love my candles. And it is. It, it does take you someplace. It adds a whole other sense of, like, not, not just ambiance of the moment there, but, like, it, like, like for Christmas. Like, you can have the tree up and everything like that. And, look, Christmas trees really don't smell. I don't, I don't know what happened. Maybe, it might, like, my senses are dead or whatever. But Christmas trees don't smell like Christmas trees like they used to maybe as a kid. No. Maybe like, they're not nearly as pungent. Fake, like, it was like a DDT that made your brain think you're smelling like a Douglas fir. Yeah. Maybe it was sprayed like new car smell. Yeah. Um, but now, so like you throw up your Christmas tree and now I got to go and get the, the, the matching candle. Like, Oh, I need the Douglas fir well, candle. Yeah. We have know? a fake one. So yeah. 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 So, All yeah, right. and, and just by, even though I got like a fireplace, like uh, somehow like an actual, just tiny little flame of a candle just adds so much warmth to your home. Oh, so that's what they're called. My it's God, like, it's like fucking Martha Stewart a house segment. warmer. Yeah. All right. Here is your next segment, Mr. Squeezer. I remember this. It was like ah. those busts of Barbie with the hair that girls bought to like do makeup and hair on for boys. It's uh-huh. like a skeleton face. But for made... boys, because boys like gross things. Right. So, yeah, th- th- this, this treat comes from Hasbro. Uh, came out. This came out in 92. And uh, I had this. I completely forgot I had this. Um, I wanted it, but until my one mom my... said no. What's that? Oh, sorry, buddy. I don't remember even asking for it. I, it's uh, well, spoiled squeezer gets whatever he wants. Yeah, spoiled squeezer got it, and but I think I got it like either like like Christmas, like it was, because uh, it's not necessarily a Halloween toy, even though the the commercial would say otherwise. And I don't know if you heard the music there was my previous pick from yes, last week. From uh, that, uh, whatever the fuck that song was. Uh, public domain number one one seven four six. That's what it was. Night on Bald Mountain. Night on Bald Mountain. Oh, good God, it's so bald. Look at it. 
right. So, so this gem, this gem comes from uh, Hasbro, and it was it, it's gross and awkward and uncomfortable, um, in and not and not even in that fun kind of way. It actually is kind of terrifying. Just the skull alone. It it is weird. It is creepy, and I don't know what's creepier either. The on the box, the mannequin skull head that you you craft, or the creepy ginger kid. To me, amazed that he's putting an ear into this yeah. plastic me, skull. I haven't seen it in a while, but as a kid, I always thought it looked like what's his name, Howie Mandel's guy from Little Monsters. Hold on. Monster. Oh yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. But looking at the packaging, you got a ginger and a plastic dead skull thing, and I'm trying to figure out which one has less of a soul. Now I'm looking um, at it, it doesn't look as much. Oh, they rebranded it as for Goosebumps. Yeah, Goosebumps licensed it. Or yeah, well a... well what happened was Hasbro bought Tyco. Tyco had the Goosebump license, so yeah. Ergo Proctor Hawk. Epsto, Epstein, it, you know, translates. Um, so I'm just going to, the, the boxes are fun. And it comes with over 30 frightful and funny facial pieces. Let you, oh, oh, over 30 frightful and funny facial pieces. Let you make and remake Monster Face. Oh, Monster Face. And they got to throw that little trademark in there when they say remake Monster Face. Uh comes with a warning this, uh, small this, this, uh, it's just a choking hazard warning nothing fun there this bastard uh, all right stop for a second yeah. it's hard to interrupt you you keep you're on when you're on a roll you just go i i'm i'm reading off the uh, toy box you're, you're running hot man roll. you're going hot and i appreciate it but you're a steamroller man i can't get in there i gotta get in and interject he, he this i remember this bastard started making appearances in the kenner action toy guide in the mid 90s Really? I don't remember seeing him there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hasbro owned Kenner. Mm-hmm. They stuck this. I have uh, Come to my office tomorrow. I have one with him in. I I will I will step around the corner. Uh, we wouldn't even have to. We would just blow out the wall and put the fish tank in, and then you can just show me through the glass. Do but... time, Squeezer, in due time. All right. Breathe my salmon. Um... Uh, bring Monster Face to life with that, 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 nasal drip monster glop, mm-hmm. shifting eyes and opening mouth, pulsating blister, glow in the dark teeth and eye sockets. I feel like I'm describing a number of people I know. Hmm. Uh, it comes with over 30 facial parts and three creepy controls. Bring it to life. And it did. So it had. Um, joysticks that you could work the jaws the head and the eyes so kind of like the the most basic uh jim henson monster controls um uh, very rudimentary but still kind of creepy and it had a um like uh, uh one of the like squishy plungers that you would when you load the ooze i'm sorry monster glop into him uh, you can press I that out. You also came with pulsating blister, Ooh. which is like this little. <laughs> there's like just a little air pocket with a hose, and you would connect it, and it would make like a, this little thing swell. It came with a mohawk. There were like bugs and spiders. He can pop in his head. He had different kinds of teeth. Ones with fangs, regular ones. You can swap out. A couple of noses, ears. 
the eye extensions were my favorite because you can put in the human eyes and that's creepy enough. Sure. But uh, if, if you put in the extensions, now you have like these two to three inch long, like uh, just like eye worms coming out of his head that can shift back and forth. Um, and they give you ideas to work with too because uh, the, the famous monster heads in history, um, how many can you make? Just reading the box. Uh, you have Sir Gaylord Gruesome, uh, and that's your guy with the blue mohawk that's on all the packaging. Uh, Judge Ashford Upchuck, uh, Maxter Wally Putridge, Baron Von Scary. Oh, they got real. Oh, oh, they got creative there. They used the hair on top and the hair for a beard. You know, getting crazy out there. And Doctor Mono Grono. I. Uh, it just someone got paid to write this, um, and then it just says "eek monster face eek" uh, is the gruesome monster head that you make and remake into the most monstrous monster imagine monstrous monster med that's a lot of monsters in there. Then you bring it to life. It's a face only a mummy could love. Mummy being in all caps. Mm. Get it? Because mummies. Um, it also came with, and I remember this, and I was frustrated. Um, it came with a a a a scalping, uh, like a putty knife, uh, to, like to play variant, yeah, and two blocks of clay that you can. I I don't I guess they everyone thought they're gonna be the next Tom Savini, and you're gonna like sculpt like a fleshy face on this. It didn't. And, and, instead, like, you're like a makeup girl who on Monday shows up to a professional boxer's uh, talk show to uh, sculpt putty onto a aging old man's <laughs> crater face. Stop. <laughs> you're just mad I got to the joke before you did. I know. I am. <laughs> I'm going to get a phone call tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I was yeah, listening it- to your podcast. <laughs> You hurt my feelings. Uh, no, it would it, it would not be that at all. I'd be like, why didn't you have me call in to talk about I it? In. <laughs> you should have told him. me. <laughs> and I've heard his feelings. Ages five and up. I could see a three-year-old playing with this. <laughs> um, it, look, it, it was kind of cool. It, it did not have lasting appeal. It, 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 you can only play with it so much before it's... Like sitting, in, it's on a box on a shelf with Parcheesi. Um but it's it's very Halloweeny, and the commercial is very Halloweeny. Uh, it, it's just, uh, it, it, you know what? It was fun, and I do remember having it. It was it was the memories I have of playing with it after mm-hmm. I have to see the commercial thirty years later to remind me of it. Right. But it was they they it was uh, pleasurable if you. Well, for the short period of time that it probably was. And then, you know, the base, of course, and the handles and all that stuff is cheap plastic. So much anyway. pleasure. All right. Uh, shall we move on? I think so. Here's my next pick. It was late one night in the castle of the Chicken McNuggets. What are you making? Sauce. We're using my mummy's recipe. Mummy? Oh, oh, oh. This better oh, be good. Oh. It'll be great. Does your daddy have a recipe? <laughs> <laughs> now you can get McDonald's Happy Meal Pails for Halloween. There's a pumpkin pail, Boom. a witch, ah. and a ghost. Ah. 
that glows in the dark. You can get a different one each week until Halloween. Ooh. So the I had to talk about this because there's a lot going on about um our our logo. We changed our logo this year for for Halloween. I made uh I, I paid homage squeezer to the mm-hmm. old McDonald's Happy Meal uh Halloween buckets. Uh, That's Mc- French for ripping off, right? Yes. It's a parody. Ah. There's all new artwork. Ah. So if you're wondering what the logo is, it's Squeezer with his hat forward, and a, a, it, they're supposed to be as if we're holding flashlights under our face, like we're telling ghost stories. And, of course, I have my hat backwards. And then the green um, bucket is is our logo. So a little history of the Halloween buckets I found from dreadcentral.com. I found a whole... Guy did like an in-depth history a year ago. Elise, or a female might have done it. Elise Wax did this. Uh, They said, of course, we all remember getting these Halloween pails. And the first pails were released in 1986. All all three of them were orange. There was the McBoo, the McPumpkin, and the McGoblin. They were all basically the same pail, just screen printed a different face on them. Um, And... uh, these were pretty popular, and they took a hiatus, but they returned in 1989 uh, with the three different color buckets, which this is kind of primarily what I modeled ours off of Squeezer. If you look at them, uh, even even the backing card you get the pins on is modeled after this ad. Uh, and it has kind of the McGoblin as the pumpkin. Um, there's a, a witch, a McWitch. It's a green one with a witch hat, and then there's... The McBoo is actually white, and he glows in the dark. And um, our our pins do glow in the dark. The backgrounds glow. It's pretty cool. Uh, they got a minor makeover in 1990. Uh, the McWitch got a new face. The McGhost glowed in the dark um, and had hands on the side, and he has a different face. And they went back. They, they deviated from the goblin face, and they went back to the pumpkin face. And then the lids... Of the, of the top of the three all had uh, cookie cutters on the top. So there was a pumpkin, a ghost, and a witch cookie cutter. And then they took another hiatus in 1991 and were replaced by McBoo bags, which were vinyl uh, trick-or-treat bags, which were you know sh- shittier to get for a, a gift and a, like a, a treat and a, a Happy Meal squeezer. Mm-hmm. But it was good to have like to get maximum candy. Because they, they had reinforced plastic handles. They're pretty good. Oh, yeah. 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 So they would hold up. Um, the... That'd be like going out when, when you would take like a uh, like an old school, um, like a Macy's or a G, like, like an anchor store bag. Mm-hmm. Or like if you went there and like you bought like, like, like makeup, like you bought like some foundation and some a frying pan and some like candelabras and a and a set of bed sheets and then we put it all in that bag right. that was good for trick or treating <laughs> um moving on there were no pails in 1993 but they returned in 1994 uh there was an attempt to modernize them with crazier designs the ghost pail had a whole scene around it the witch this time was purple and there is a variant of our logo that's purple that Handsome Corey made, Squeezer. 
with the rad let me years. go let me let me guess 93 they didn't bother because it's too hot because jurassic park was still flying high probably uh and the pumpkin uh pale looks like he's had a few too many uh show beers or shower beers <laughs> um and then they went on a hiatus from 94 to 1999 uh, oh man, we grew up a. Ju- That's what's wrong with the the second round of millennials. Mm-hmm. No pails. Yeah. Uh, when they returned, they didn't have faces on them. They had like scenes on them from McDonald Land. Uh, there were no more cookie cutter lids either. It was flat lids, but the the handles had a bat in between them, and there was only a white one and an orange one. But there, it was just like plain old buckets, but with color printing on them. What are they doing when they're doing that? It's like, oh, let's change it up because it is working too well. Exactly. Yeah, right. Uh, then in 2010, the theme returned with Mr. Potato Head. Uh, 2011, there was somewhat of a return offering a pumpkin or a, mus- a monster. Um, then the next year was 2011, uh, 12 was the Scooby-Doo theme. 2013, there were a Monster High theme. 2014, it was a tie-in with... Book of the Dead, it, a, a Book of Life, which was a Day of the Dead themed animated movie, but wasn't as good as Coco. Uh, then there was a Minions themed set of buckets, and then in 2016 was the last one, which was pretty cool. They were, um, uh, Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown themed pails. No, I can imagine. But yeah, oh, they, yeah, you get Charlie Brown too, you bastard. So they haven't, they, yeah, they have not been uh, back since 2016, but um, they, they are back as in forms of pins. If you want your free ones, hit me up, rk at Give us a review on Apple Podcasts or on YouTube or anywhere you can. Screenshot it, send it to me. Give me your address. I'll send you the pins free. You don't even have to pay shipping. It's all out of my pocket to you because we like you that much. Right, Squeeze? Yeah, we do. He does. I like you too, but not 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 shipping and handling like you that much. Not shipping and handling like you, but I'm a shipping and handling like you kind of guy. There were other cool uh, McDonald's uh, Halloween promos. There were the McDonaldland characters that came with costumes. There were these. Um, Cassette tapes they released. There was a, a, a McDonaldland cartoon on VHS they released called Scared Silly in 1998, which we actually had and I watched. And the animation was in the same style as the Wild Thornberries because it was done by Klasky Cuspo. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the McDu- McNuggets, Halloween McNuggets in 1993. So uh, they had the McNugget buddies with all the little outfits, but they had versions with Halloween outfits, like a ghost Frankenstein. I had every one of them. Which pumpkin, mummy, and Dracula. And that was who was in the original commercial I played. It's my mummy's recipe. Does your daddy have a recipe? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, McDonald's used to be. They had some of the best Halloween commercials. And Christmas. And Christmas, yeah. A commercial with a kid and Ronald McDonald ice skating can make you cry back in the day. They were just really good at that shit. And uh kid ice skating around the McDonald today would make you cry for an <laughs> entirely different reason. 
Um, all right, Squeezer, we're narrowing it down. We're on your fourth pick. We're getting to the home stretch. It's all downhill from here. I am a vampire. Oh, yeah? Well, Abacadabra, I'm an umpire. Hocus pocus, I'm a bat. Okay, I'm a bat, too. Abacadabra. You wouldn't hit a bat with glasses on, would you? Hocus, Hocus, now I crush you! Abacadabra! What's this? Uh, it's a classic. What? What's this? No, no. What's is this your pick or is this just something to? No, no. It's my it's my pick. Transylvania six five thousand is is my pick. It's it's well, I'm not a huge. I'm a Marvin the Martian guy myself. But as far as Bugs Bunny goes, they had some great. I don't want to call them Halloween, but like horror shorts and episodes and cartoons. Because, like, this one was released November 30th in 1965, or uh, uh, 63. Um, and this is actually uh, Chuck Jones's last uh, short that he did with Warner Brothers before going on to Metro-Goldwyn. Isn't Transylvania 6-5000 the Jeff Goldblum movie? With that bad it song, is, Transylvania 6-5000. Yeah, it, that is a Jeff Goldblum movie, a Hungarian horror comedy. Um, I think it's weird that I, I I don't know. Of course you and you've seen it, haven't you? Yes. That and I have so this. Weird. The song was on my short list for uh, music. <laughs> Only a true fan. I don't even think Jeff Goldblum's probably seen his Transformers Six Five. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. No, I haven't. I haven't seen it, but this is one of my favorite Bugs Bunny shorts of all time. And and to me, even though it was released in end of November, it's a Halloween episode through and through, uh, with all your usual tropes and Bugs Bunny and Looney Tunes gimmicks. Um, and the anime for 1963, the animation looks fucking great in it. Um, and uh. Bugs Bunny is doing his thing, like in every episode where he ends up in a haunted castle for some reason. He's tunneling through, and he's on his way to uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and uh, that's right. We're going kind of local here, uh, like six hours away. And uh, he hits a tree, and he gets sidetracked. He ends up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, Transylvania, get because every basically uh, half the jokes in Looney Tunes are just playing words or just saying something uh, somewhat silly. So and Pennsylvania. Up... So uh, uh, the uh, Transylvania Six Five Thousand is a play on Pennsylvania Six Five Thousand, which is a a swing song based on the Hotel Pennsylvania in, in New York City. The hotel's telephone number was Pennsylvania Six Five Thousand P E Six Five Thousand. Pennsylvania six five thousand. It was uh, Glenn Miller, right? Yep. Oh. I like how I just look at it, and as long as you hesitate long enough, it makes it sound like you're thinking of it. Really not. Um, 
But yeah, because that's how he used to make phone calls. Well, people, uh, we laugh at that, but people are going to like, wait, you had to enter, hang on, let me count, five, seven, you had to ed- enter ten digits at one point to call somebody? Like, well, no, when we were kids, it was only seven. It was seven, and then they and added then the area codes. added area codes, there was three more. Yeah. Uh, but there, a time will come where it's like, wait, what do you mean? What are numbers? That's why 8675309 probably makes no sense to kids. No. Don't you mean 610 <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yep. So uh, Bugs ends up in this uh, little town. There's a two-headed uh, vulture that wants to um, consume him both um, uh, gastronomically and sexually in some kind of weird way. Uh he ends up going to this. Ho- he thinks it's a motel. It's really a, a castle for this vampire, uh, a Count Blood Count, and uh, he invites him in because Count Blood Count is going to eat, drink the blood of Bugs Bunny. Bugs just wants to use the phone. He insists that he needs to rest overnight, so he puts him to bed. Bugs can't sleep, so he reads a book, and it is a a, a book of spells, of uh. It's a book of magic words and phrases. And it's basically the two big ones are abracadabra and hocus pocus. And it's what turns a vampire from a vampire to a bat and back and forth. And it's Bugs's, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's just, he, he doesn't realize what he's doing. He's indifferent to the situation. He's just reading the book. And meanwhile, the entire time, uh, the vampire trying to consume the blood of Bugs Bunny is befalling a number of ill fates because at the right time, Bugs Bunny would say either abracadabra or hocus pocus. Eventually, he finds out, and that's when the whole vampire umpire thing comes out. And it, it these sound like lame bits now and tropes and stuff you've heard before, but like this was brand new in 1963. And we've just seen it over and over again. And, like, this episode was recycled so many times in Halloween specials and the Daffy Duck show and all that kind of stuff. So it, it's been everywhere. And and at some points played to death. Now I think you, you barely hear anything, I think, from, like, Looney Tunes and Warner Brothers animation in general. Tiny Tunes is coming back. Uh, no, see, but... Tiny Tunes isn't... Um... Animaniacs is my friend. No, Tiny Toons is. Oh, coming. that's right. Tiny Toons is coming back now. Yeah. I just saw Elmira yeah. is not coming back though. Yeah, I, I was reading that, and I think some are thinking that it might just be because they aren't bringing in any humanoids, or that it's because of the Animaniacs. There's a, a licensing, not licensing, but uh, ownership as to where the character lands between those two, because it's not necessarily like Warner Brothers across the board anymore. Because everyone's been bought up by everyone else. Um, uh, yeah, and then, of course, the classic umpire bit, and it ends with him then going with the uh, uh, Pocus, and then Newport News, which, as a kid, I'm like, I, I, you didn't get, but it sounded funny. And, yeah, Newport News does sound funny. And if you live in Virginia and you live in Newport News, yeah, that is kind of funny that you live in... It's just, it's silly. And then he lands the old Walla Walla Washington. It, it it's classic Looney Tunes, uh, just 
use hijinks of, and fun. Uh, hijinks, fun, and a lot of weed. I'm guessing. Probably. All right. <laughs> Newport News. That's hilarious. Let's, Let's turn him into a bat, and then he's going to be molested by the two-headed vulture. As they did back in the day. Let's move on, because uh, we're over two hours now. And to my last pick, Squeezer, we're winding things down. Ah. Terror will rule the ring as World Championship Wrestling presents Halloween Havoc 93. What dangers will the world reveal when Cactus Jack spins for revenge against the Vader? Oh, Spin the wheel! Halloween Havoc 1993. Spin the wheel, make the deal. Oh my God. Oh, wrong promoter. <laughs> this was notable in my. Uh, well, now he is. Now he is. Notable. Yeah, today was Halloween Havoc at NXT. Uh, he brought it back just despite ADW tried to buy the copyright. Uh, so a, uh, Halloween Havoc was something created by, uh, I believe, whatever World Championship Wrestling was before it was World Championship Wrestling. Probably Dusty Rhodes. Baby, they were going to do this pay-per-view near Halloween in October, right before the Viva Theories. We're going to get, we'll beat them to the punch, baby. We'll call Halloween Havoc. Be some crazy Halloween monster shit, baby. I'm going to be crazy, sucking and diving all over there. I win the championship against Ric Flair. We'll call it Halloween Havoc. Um, so I'm talking specifically 93, which is the first time I ever watched a, a WCW pay-per-view. And it was my first introduction to Cactus Jack. And my God, it might be one of his best matches of all time versus Vader. Have you ever seen this match? I got to think if I do. I got... I have a VH, an RF videotape of the best of Cactus Jack. If I pop that in, I this, guarantee it's going to be on there. I don't know if there. it was on there, but because uh, those were usually uh, New Japan shit, New Japan shit. It was a lot of New Japan RF video. So uh, this was they had that spin the wheel, make the deal. So you had this this the final main event. They spun a wheel to see what kind of match it was, and it was a Texas Death Match. And this match was fucking brutal and there was a spot in there that you'll never see again with vader like moonsaulting on the fucking cactus jack it was uh fucking insane this match and like a lot of blood and and the rumor was not even a rumor uh, cactus jack wrote it in his book mcfoley wrote in his book uh his first book have a nice day he was planning on cashing in on his insurance policy with lloyds of london and just getting out of wrestling. He was sick of it and he was done with it. And he planned on going all out in this match and basically dying <laughs> almost to cash in on his Lloyds of London policy and just live the rest of his life, watch his kids grow up. Never would have made it to WWF, never would have had mankind, never would have had, have a nice day. Or never would have, I'm Chainsaw Charlie, I'm going to team up with Mick. We're going to be some crazy fucks and go nuts. Your mother's a whore. <laughs> um, so there was a few things that brought me to this pay-per-view. Let's, let's go back a year to Survivor Series 1992. Just talk about the matches. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Crush defeated Repo Man. Head Shrinkers defeated High Energy Coco Beware on Owen Hart. Boss Man finally defeated Nails. Nightstick on a pole match. Tatanka and Rick Martel. Mr. Perfect and Randy Savage defeated Razor Ramon and Ric Flair. Yokozuna defeated Virgil. The Nasty Boys, The Natural Disasters, uh, defeated Money, Inc. and the Beverly Brothers. And The Undertaker, and that was the only four-on-four survivor match of, of the night. And then The Undertaker defeated Kamala. And the, the, cha- the final match was Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Uh, and Bret Hart won by submission for the for the belt. So that was all the matches that were in 1992 Survivor Series. Skip ahead to 1993. Um, not the best talent. Wait, 92 Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels were already. Yeah. Man, Jesus. So uh, they went back to the four on four. So first match was Billy Gunn and Brooklyn Brawler in a dark match. Then one, two, three kid, Marty Jannetty, Randy Savage, and Razor Ramon defeat Adam Bomb, Diesel, IRS, and Rick Martel. Uh, this was the heart fan. I remember this match. I remember watching this and just being so because they moved it to the night before Thanksgiving. It was the Hart family. It was Brad Hart, Bruce Hart, Keith Hart, and Owen Hart defeated Shawn Michaels in his night, the black, blue, and red night. They had like masks on and shit. And uh, the Heavenly Bodies, Jimmy Del Rey and Tom Pritchard, defeated the Rock and Roll Express. Jim Cornette, motherfucker, I'm finally in the WWF. I'm fucking heels, goddamn. Uh, then the Bushwhackers and Men on a Mission defeated Bam Bam Bigelow, Bastion Booger, and the Head Shrinkers. And All Americans, Lex Luger, the Steiner Brothers, and the Undertaker defeated the Foreign Fanatics, Crush the Quebecers. Ludwig or Quebecer Jacques, Ludwig Borga, and Yokozuna. And this was after the famous summer when Lex Luger body slammed Yokozuna on the USS Intrepid on 4th of July and went from mm-hmm. the narcissist, from the fucking heel, to a, a baby face. There would be the ne- and he had the Lex Express and the Undertaker. Oh, yeah, because he, w- he was going to be the next big thing. Yes. And then they get the Undertaker to join the team, and he had like the Amer- old school American flag sewn into his jacket. So fucking stupid. So it was a weird year for for that. But um, moving on to Halloween Havoc that year, they got a lot of good talent. Jump ship. So we all know the famous Shockmaster debut in WCW when when Tugboat made his debut. Mm-hmm. And he had that sparkly um, Stormtrooper helmet, and he burst through the wall and like basically tripped over himself. Just face planted. Yeah. Yes. So he's in this match with Ice Train and Charlie Norris, and they're taking on Harlem Heat and the Equalizer, and that's how the, the match starts. Well, it starts with this really weird like introduction with um, Tony Schiavone. Like these kids go trick or treating, and Tony Schiavone says it was like the longest night ever and a horrible shoot, and uh, it's a really weird intro, but it's 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 cool. It's Bish- the Bishop effect. Bishop is now in charge of the company. Uh, Paul Orndorff and Ricky Steamboat in a good match. Uh, Lord Steven Regal and Davy Boy Smith after British Bulldog is a fucking moves to WCW. And that's that's that was the big draw. Here's the match four that intrigues me the most now going back and watching it. Dustin Rhodes, the natural, defeated Steve Austin, stunning Steve Austin, a part of the Hollywood Blondes for the United States Heavyweight Championship. 
Goldust versus Stone Cold. Yeah. They did not know what they had there. Uh, the Nasty Boys jumped ship to WCW, and they defeated uh, Buff Bagwell and Two Cold Scorpio for the WCW Tag Team Championships. Sting defeated Sid Vicious. Rick Rude defeated Ric Flair. And this was for the big gold belt because Ric Flair finally came back and he brought the big gold belt with him. Remember when he came to WWF with the big gold belt? Mm-hmm. And this was actually a good match, but Ric Flair and Rick Rude never really got along. They had a lot of heat between each other. But it was it was kind of good seeing Ric Flair, Rick Rude with the championship belt. And then the final match of the night, Vader versus Cactus Jack. That match was is 15 minutes, 59 seconds. Do yourself a favor if you had WWF Network. Go back, watch this match. It is fucking brutal. Um, so Texas Death matches with after they pin the loser, it, they would be they have to be unable to stand up following a ten count. So you get a pin, and then you have to get a stand, ten count. Um, he Vader was the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. He didn't have the big gold belt, but he had like the knockoff eagle belt that they made for WCW at the time. But it was a non-title match anyway, because it didn't matter. It was a gimmick match. Uh, Cactus Jack received the first fall, clotheslining Vader on the ramp, which was a fucking huge spot. Um, but Vader got to his feet before the 10 count. The second fall went to Cactus. He jumped off the ramp, hitting the elbow on Vader on the floor, but Vader reached his feet again. The third fall is fucking insane, the moonsault. The fourth fall went to Vader after a DDT onto a fucking chair, but Jack got to his feet. And then Harley Race attacked Jack with a stun gun, probably on Mick Foley's preference, a real stun gun, shocked the shit out of him, enabling Vader to get the win. But goddamn, is it a good match. And this opened the door to me for WCW. And a few months later, Hulk Hogan would join, and it was all bets off. I was watching, but I was, you know, I was still really into WWF. I was only dipping my feet into WCW. I couldn't really get in, but I always liked the Halloween Havoc Havoc pay per view because it's cool. Like Halloween's a fun holiday, and that's a good pay per view. And I'm glad Vince is finally bringing it back with NXT, or Hunter is, I guess. All right, here's Squeezer's next bit. Did you ever eat a rainbow? Did you ever eat green and orange and yellow? Have a bite of cherry, chewy, red and vanilla marshmallow. Tootsie rolls, flavor rolls are a rainbow of flavors you can eat. And there's yummy, creamy Tootsie, feet after feet. Tootsie rolls, flavor roll, a rainbow you can eat. Huh. Yeah. Yep, that was a commercial. That was a real thing. That was the 70s, of course. Uh, Because I think by the 80s, people figured out how disgusting these things were. Um, I was going to try to pick what's my favorite candy of Halloween, but then it's like it's Reese's, clearly. and It's pretty much the... It was it's Reese's. It's the one thing all and, Americans can agree on, right? Until they figured out how to cram Reese's pieces into Reese's, and then that went. Oh, okay, there was <laughs> that too, but you know. Um, and then there's always someone nuts out there. It's like, no, I like a uh, good and plenty. Oh, uh, go die. Um, 
Yeah. Um, there's masochists among us. But th- there's nothing. So I figured, why not pick a Halloween candy that I hate more than anything? Now, I already talked about candy corn. I think that was last year, the year before. Who the hell knows? Three years ago. I'm getting pretty old. Um, and candy corn is gross. It's disgusting. But it has other uses. You can use it to throw at other children and <laughs> pelt them with it. It's a weapon. And uh, and it makes a fun clicky sound when you do. Uh, Tootsie Fruit Rolls. Um, I like them. They are I actually s- do like them. I like the vanilla you ones like the them? most. Yeah, I do. Oh, they disturb me in some kind of uncanny way. There, there's, it, it's a combination of the the taste, texture, everything about. Like, I love a Tootsie Roll. I like myself a Tootsie Roll. But the the fruit ones, the blue, the the pink, the the yellow, the green, the orange, those flavors just there's something so synthetic about them. Combining with that texture is so unpleasant. I don't know why, and it might be so. There is. I remember getting these a lot when I I spoke earlier in earlier episode about getting my hair cut on the Saturday morning. And I eventually learned to enjoy going to the barber and getting my hair cut and hanging out with the guys, talking sports. I sat back there and read National Geographic, but whatever. Yeah, I never did that. I was my dad always took um, me to holiday hair. <laughs> nah, we went we had like a legit he had like an old timey cash register. There was a little spinny barber pole out front, you know, that kind of place. Mm-hmm. Um don't get me wrong, I love having someone come to work and treat me to a haircut. You know, it just makes sense. I get more done in a day. Last time I went somewhere to get a haircut, I sat there for an hour and a half. And that was like a year before a pandemic hit. Um, and then she was on the phone the whole time while she was cutting my hair. And it was possibly the worst haircut I ever had. And you've people seen me cut my own hair. So it's true. I'm saying something. So, but in the jars, like you would have like Tootsie Pops and stuff. But occasionally, I, I knew when going in, the first thing I would do is look at the candy jar. And if there's Tootsie Pops, I'm like, oh, I'm good. There's Tootsie Pops. Delicious. Other times I walk in and go, oh, fuck. He's got the fruit rolls. <laughs> and you get a big, but it, with the Tootsie Pop, you get one Tootsie Pop. Here you go, kid. Sweet. But if the fruit rolls are there, He's like, oh, here you go. Have some fruit rolls. And it's a hand, like the handful where it's like falling onto the floor. Like you, you feel it's a, a, a grown man, double handful, dumping into the hand of a little child's hands. So shit's going to spill over and it mm-hmm. just lands in the hair and just sweep it to the side because, you know, it's just as edible and delicious as cut hair. <laughs> and then you stuff them in your pockets and you have one or two. And if you had the choice between having one Tootsie Pop or a handful of Tootsie Rolls, I will take that one Tootsie Pop every day of the week. I I don't know how you can like these. These are, I don't know what it is. These make me angry even thinking about them. I do not like these whatsoever. And if I were trick-or-treating and these end up in my bag, I was furious. (laughs) I'd rather take the candy corn, the, the, the plastic corn-shaped bag. Uh, not corn. Uh, for some reason, they didn't in carrots. Like a carrot-shaped bag of corn 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Nope. They were like little translucent bags, but they were kind of shaped like a carrot. Okay. I think they used them for Easter, but then like they'd have them left over, so they'd fill them with candy corn for Halloween, mm. and you'd get them in your bag. Like, what the? F-? Now I'm just confused. Like I am now. Like it's a corn. It's a carrot, but there's corn inside, and it's candy, but it's not candy. I'd rather have just gotten a real carrot or real corn mm-hmm. over <laughs> a carrot bag full of candy corn. Give me a can of Del Monte corn nuggets. <laughs> oh, I would have been fine with that. Yeah, yeah just make it, it on your stove. Beans, a little toss in some onion. Yeah. Make a nice little, you know, Hash. A little salsa or yeah, something like yeah. that. A little succotash, maybe? Succotash, that's the word you're looking for. Yeah. Suffering succotash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I get a can of corn. I'm, like, going house to house. I'm like, I, look, I, I see the Reese's. That's great. Do you have any lima beans? Because I'm halfway there. <laughs> oh, man. What a fun Halloween we had, even though it's 2020 and a miserable year. Yeah, and it's not even Halloween yet. It's not even, we have... Although, you might be listening on Halloween, in which case, trick-or-treat and all that shit. It's, uh, we're two days out yet from Halloween, uh, from the recording right now. And then we move on to some other shows, Thanksgiving and then Christmas. So it'll be a fun holiday season. We're going to get to 2021. It's going to be a better year. I guarantee it. No, yeah, no. It's Even though it's just a construct of man, it's just you know sure. something you put in your head to make you feel better. Yes, but um, but we're here to make you feel better. We we pull you back to reality and then we shoot you back to the past and then we yank you back at the we end. We rank you right back, right back. Oh God, he's back in reality. <laughs> oh, and I just ruined your speakers. One last Vince impression. Uh, if you uh, haven't done it yet, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts if, or wherever you can. And screenshot and let me know. And uh, I'll send you a, a pin for free. Um, quick reminder, on Friday, the 30th, Mandalorian is back on Disney+. Plus. It's going to be amazing. Uh, can't wait. Can't wait. I've I been want- binging Rebels up until now. I want I'm you- in Star Wars mode right now. I want you all to wear your Radalorian pins and t-shirts if you have them and put your stickers up post them on instagram i don't think mine fits me anymore <laughs> post them on Inst- i mean the pin post them on instagram and to represent the rad Ears podcast and tag them on tag us on friday show your you're love. just hoping to get a cease and desist so we get some promotion that'd be nice um we'll be back next week with uh the hulkamania show everything hulkamania brother and half our audience just tuned out because they don't want to hear that. But uh, come on, we're gonna be talking suburban commando for sure. Fuck yeah! Have a happy and safe and spooky Halloween. Uh, eat plenty of candy, and thanks for joining us on the Halloween 2020 Rad Years podcast shows. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. Bye. Happy Halloween and whatnot. Happy Halloween, guys. Bye. You've been wasted. <laughs> <laughs>